Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Ashley Hind for Female Startup Club. Hello and welcome back to the show. If you're new here, I'm Dune, your host and hype girl. Today on the show, we're learning from Ashley Hind, the founder of a company called Waldo. Now, let me just tell you quickly, this episode is so damn good. We get into some really nifty tips on how to look at market research and validate your idea, a super hack for outdoor advertising, and things to think about if you're going down the track of subscriptions. If you haven't heard of Waldo yet, they are an innovative and accessible D2C eye care company that believes in the power of positive vision. They sell high quality daily contact lenses and other eye care products through a bespoke subscription service that is more affordable than the bigger brands on the market. Spearheading industry change and innovation, they're committed to making eye care an essential part of everyday life through accessible, high quality products trustworthy expert service, and a platform to elevate the vision of their customers. Let's get into this episode. This is Ashley for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ashley, hello and welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hi, nice to see you. I'm super excited to learn from you today as a customer as someone, I actually received a text from Waldo yesterday going in on that SMS marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. What I love about what you're doing is you're building this brand that breathes more life and cool vibes into a category that's typically, in my experience, pretty boring, not very sexy. Can you introduce yourself and give us what the elevator pitch is for your brand or your business rather? So hi, I'm Ashley. I'm the founder of Waldo. We are a modern day eye care company on a mission to make eye care more accessible and enjoyable for people across the world. We are underpinned by a social mission that's powered through our relationship with Sightsavers, where for every product that you buy, we donate products and services to end avoidable blindness, which we're super passionate about. And so as a whole, I feel that the eye care industry could be doing a lot better to bring consumers in and start the conversation around eye health. And that's something that Waldo wants to be at the forefront of. Oh my God, I love it. I didn't know that you were doing that mission piece and that is just so cool. I mean, you know, I'm a customer. I love what you guys do and I love the experience, like the software and the subscription side of it. And and we'll get into all of that. But first of all, first question, how on earth did you get into contact lenses? What led you to starting this business? Yeah, I guess it's a it's a strange sort of category. As you say, it's not the not the sexiest. It's not 
really sort of top of mind when you're thinking what business to start. But actually, it was started out of a personal pain point. So I moved to the US in 2016 and ran out of contact lenses and was really struck by the pricing discrepancy between Europe, South Africa, where I'm from, and the US. And as a result, you know, I went, I went online, I was looking at what my, what my brand was. I really wanted to buy dailies, but they were out of my price range. And I started to think like, here's this product that I've been wearing for north of 20 years. And I actually have no idea what the ingredients are, why they're so expensive. And so I was studying at the time and just started to investigate the industry and the, and the big players and got really frustrated as a consumer. And I guess in, in parallel to my own experience around like contact lens friction, my mom is also blind in one eye. And so vision has played a pretty big role, I'd say, in my life or rather lack of uh, vision. But yeah, as a whole, I think, you know, eyes and vision have always been something that have really interested me. And I think as far as senses go, it's the sense that I am most appreciative of. And as I started to discover how broken the industry was and increasingly getting frustrated as a consumer, I set out to solve it for myself. I didn't actually set out to create a business. I set out to find a way to get to the source of contact lenses so that I could wear high quality lenses for less. And then it sort of snowballed into a brand, an idea, a business, a fundraise. And here we are four years later. (laughs) All the good things. (laughs) A question that I have for you in that early piece is around customer like market research, because it's one of those things that, like you said, so many people wear contact lenses. So the obvious thing is to be like, oh, there's obviously a huge market because so many people need them. But like, how do you actually go about like approaching market research for your idea specifically and then validating that idea to like move forward with it? Yeah. So in, it's a great question. In our space, there's a lot of public players. So, you know, if there's a public company in your space, like look up their S1, look up their filing details, like read, read the documents that, you know, about that company. That's a really great place to start and get a sense for what their challenges are. What are they investing in? How have sales trended over time? Which regions are they growing in? Like all of that is public information in a, for a public company. So that's a sort of really good place to start. And then, you know, the second place I think is like do some testing. It's pretty inexpensive to run a small click campaign to get a sense of whether or not this is something that people might be interested in. And, you know, that can prove as some kind of validation. So whether that's a survey or even a sort of early sign up click campaign on social media, there's a number of pretty cost effective ways just to sense check and validate your idea. And I think that that's a pretty good practice as well. If you're thinking, you know, if you're trying to decide between two names or two brands, brand identities, want to test two colors, 
you know, there's some, there's some good ways to go about that. Wow. That's so insightful. I've never heard your, like, I've never heard that answer before to go and look at the public company's um, information. And that's, you know, genius, obviously. I just want to dig a layer deeper when you're actually looking through that information on public companies, like what were you actually looking for? Like what was, what was saying to you, like, it's a good idea. And like, were you looking for things they weren't doing or were you looking for things like, oh, they are doing this, so I should do the same thing? Or like, what do you mean specifically? So Waldo was really born out of like a personal pain point. So I knew that the problem existed. I didn't really use like public company research as a validator for the problem necessarily, but I used it for a validator of the scale. So, you know, when I looked at Johnson and Johnson's revenue from contact lenses, I was absolutely like blown away. And so that's what I was looking at. So like size of the market kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Size of the market. Exactly. Wow. That's so interesting. Okay. So still in that early piece, something you mentioned before we started recording is that there can be, you know, hundreds of SKUs that you need to develop these kind of products. I think you said 800 SKUs for one particular kind of contact lens, which blew my mind because obviously that makes so much sense because so many people have different eye prescriptions, but I just didn't think of it that way. How did you approach your kind of like funding path and what what were you thinking when it came to bootstrapping, investing your own capital, funding it that way? Or were you thinking, hey, I need to raise from day one. This is a huge project. Yeah. So I think this is this is something I've learned along the way. Um, it's not something that I knew in the beginning at all. And actually, I wish that it was something that I had a better grasp of when I started Waldo. I wanted to bootstrap it because I come from a family of entrepreneurs and that's kind of the only way sort of been taught to build a business. The whole fundraising thing was very new to me. And so for me, it was actually like, okay, what are the minimum order quantities? What is the cost of that first order? Let me add a percentage on top of that to give myself a little bit of headroom. And that's the number I'm going to arrive at. Obviously, like a very rudimentary approach to, you know, funding a company But anyway, I sent that business plan around to a couple of friends in the finance space after, you know, asking for feedback on the plan and essentially ended up raising like six times what I initially wanted to raise. And in hindsight, honestly, we should have raised more, but that is particular to my industry. So contact lenses are, it's a very regulatory heavy industry, or it's a product where you need significant cash outlay, like the minimum order quantities are high. And it's also a huge space, like the players in this space are multi, multi multi-billion dollar global behemoths. And so when you're operating In that space, capital can be a moat and, you know, can be a way for you to build protections around the business quite a lot faster. So for my industry, absolutely was the right call to go after external capital early on. And in hindsight, we probably should have raised more. But that said, in a different category, if I was starting another business 
where it wasn't so regulatory heavy, the minimum order quantities weren't so big. And, you know, I was looking to maybe run a, a good lifestyle business, for instance, I wouldn't take external capital. I'd, um, if there's no rush, like bootstrap it yourself, get as many customer learnings as you can in those early days and own as much of the business as, as you can. Are you able to share kind of what were the minimum orders and kind of ballpark pricing you did need to get started? And I have a follow-up question why I'm, why I'm asking you. It's in relation to myself because basically like I'm in this position where I'm asking people's opinion who have a better idea because I obviously am new to this. But for example, my minimum order, which is 6,000 bottles, is about 42,000 per SKU. And we're in that point of being like, you know, we want to make this a big business. We know there are big players that, you know, to get market share, it's going to be, it's going to cost capital. We need working capital, but is that an amount that's actually low enough to, you know, try and bootstrap, try and grow slowly, or should we be looking at raising? You know, it depends on your personal circumstances. I had spent at the time, so for Waldo, that number was in the hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I had spent the year studying. So I had literally taken savings out of every last little pocket available. And I was at ground zero of like my own sort of financial situation. So there was no way that that was an option for me. If I was you, and obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have all the information. If it's an amount that you, I would fund it myself if I could, you know, at, at least just in the beginning, get the learnings and then be really thoughtful about who you want to bring on board because capital is like, you know, I, I won't say it's like a marriage, but it's definitely on that path when it comes to relationships. And you're partnering with people who give you money for the lifespan of the company. And so you want to be making those decisions really thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that comes up a lot on the show that it's really like a marriage and you're stuck with them forever. So right. be very clear about the kind of people you want to talk to on the phone every single day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's talk about those first couple of years for you building Waldo like in the early days, I read that you had something crazy like 50,000 subscribers within two years. How did you actually do that? Like when you actually break down acquiring those customers at that scale, yeah. what does that look like? Or like key moments in those two years? Yeah. So key moments, I think, you know, for me, the key moments always come down to like one customer. Like, so it's like the first customer. It's the first like in those early days, I was on customer service on weekends and evenings, like speaking to customers, like trying to understand the pain points. Give you an example. We made the shipping boxes slightly higher than they needed to be so that if we wanted to put any gifts or like marketing materials in there, it would fit in the box. Sounds like a reasonable you know, thing to decide. And then I'm sitting on chat with a customer and they're like, it doesn't fit in the mailbox. And we go through this, like, I'm like, it does fit in the mailbox. But anyway, we basically, it was like 0.2, like millimeters, whatever. It was this tiny difference between fitting in the mailbox and not. And so we got the breakdown of like, what are the different sizes of mailboxes in the UK? And it's like 60% of mailboxes are X size, 10% are Y. Like, and, you know, in hindsight, like we should have checked that. But that for me is like, when you say like, what are the steps? That to me is like, okay, step one, like the first learning that actually the packaging is wrong. Like step 
to like the first few positive reviews, like making sure we built in a feedback loop like from day one. So with the customer's order, they would always get like, how was your experience today? And we really like listen to those and over index on those. And that's been a practice since the beginning of time, which I think is a, is a really good one. <laughs> I saw you have like a kajillion reviews as well. <laughs> You've obviously got a good system in place. There's like 15,000 on Trustpilot. I was like, yes. wow, <laughs> my yeah, God. We, we run a tight little review ship, which I would highly recommend doing. But really getting close to that feedback and getting very granular on that feedback is is critical. And then also listening to the kind of language that consumers are using to talk about your products and then feeding that back into marketing. So, you know, very early on, like quality so although Waldo is a cheaper product, actually it's like quality and convenience that customers value most above price. And so as a result, our, you know, we changed our marketing to not be so price led, like, you know, free trial, 10 days of contacts for $2.95. We still have those kinds of ads for sure, but we amended our marketing to be a lot more like, you know, high quality contacts delivered when you need them, addressing the pain points around delivery and convenience, which through reviews and through customer feedback uh, seemed to be like a product pain point that was actually more important than price. And so just getting like very granular on the listening front, I think is super important. And then actually like when it comes to the tangible acquisition of customers, most of that for us has been social media. So Google, Facebook, you know, SEO, like all of that's been really important to us. But we brought in an agency to help with that in the early days. Now we run that in-house. And then and then we sort of ran the analysis on like how much does it cost to acquire a customer? How long are they staying? How many purchases do we need to make in order to break even on that customer acquisition cost? And I think that that's a, like those numbers you've got to be running from day one. Otherwise you're just, potentially going to be bleeding cash and especially if that you know if you've taken money from other people or if it's your own but either way you've just got to be really keep a close eye on that were you someone before you started the business that was like super numbers driven and you're able to build your own financial model or did you need to learn on the go find a consultant kind of thing so a little bit of both I'd say I could get by, like I had an idea on, and I learned the language and the sort of structure. So that was more sort of self-taught, but I had enough sort of background on it to be able to do it. You know, I meet a lot of founders that say that's just like not my area and that's fine, but honestly, like make it your area. Like business is business. You need to know the numbers. Like even if it's not something that excites you. A business is built in the financial model. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, even if somebody else builds the financial model for you, that's great, that's fine. But sit with them and understand line by line how those numbers interact because actually numbers are storytelling. Like, so even if you're looking at the public companies, you know, financials, through where they're putting their money it tells you a story about their strategy and around the way that they're thinking about the industry. 
And I think that that's a really important concept to wrap your head around as a business, you know, and as a founder, even if you can't build the model, you need to be able to tell the story and why. And so if you can't get excited about the numbers, think about them as letters in a story. I love that. That's so cool. Thank you. Before I switch topics, I love the kind of thing that you're doing on TikTok now as your channel, probably an acquisition tool over there. It's very cool in line with the modern brand. <laughs> TikTok's working well for us. I'm, I must be honest, I, I find it quite a hard um, platform to use. So I go on there to try and see like some of the stuff that, that we're doing and it makes me feel so ancient. Yeah, I know. It's such a tough one when I feel like in the beginning, I've gotten a lot better with understanding TikTok, but in the beginning when it was early days, I was like, oh, mama, this is a, this is a tough one. Right. I'm not going to be on right. there doing dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about subscriptions and models. Obviously, this is a huge part of your business. It's a subscription offering. I mean, maybe you can buy just individual packs, but for me, my understanding is that it's a subscription model. For those listening who have a product suited to subscriptions, what are some of the key like insights or lessons you can share around making them successful and like, you know, how to improve customer retention, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I will say that not every product should be a subscription. Like subscription fatigue is real and increasing, honestly. Like I don't think customers really want or like subscriptions as much as maybe they like used to in the beginning so just try and take an unbiased view like is your product actually a replenishment subscription product or not if it is a subscription the things that you need to sort of weigh up is you know what's good about subscription is obviously you've got those follow-on orders and so you can make more defined decisions around acquisition costs because you have an idea of how customers behave through retention and there's like some sort of stability on follow-on revenue there. But the flip side of subscriptions is that, you know, conversion rates on site are generally like a lot lower than they are on one-off product businesses. So honestly, I would test it. Like, you know, if you're not sure whether your product is subscription or not, like, Either give customers the option to do both and try and sort of weight subscription heavier on site or incentivize it through pricing, but test it and see how customers behave. And then, you know, through the two cohorts of customers, the ones that come through retention and then the ones that buy one off, I'd make sure you're just running the analysis on what is a more valuable customer and like what are the drop-off points for subscribers and then what are the repeat purchase points for one-time purchase customers and then seeing how you can prevent drop-off and increase you know re repeat purchases but also ask customers like you know try and get a sense of when they're making those purchases like maybe it's on a I don't know Saturday morning or Monday night or whatever, like try and just get a sense of when customers need to buy your product and then try and sort of over-index your marketing activities on those. But on the subscription versus not piece, like, I mean, contact lenses truly are a subscription product because people wear them like every day. They need to be replenished. But I'm not even sure necessarily that raises 
are like an ideal subscription product. Like, you know, add choice if you can, and then just try and incentivize behavior with pricing. That's what I would do. And I feel like one of the worst things you can do if you're going to introduce subscription model is like not offer flexibility. My biggest like pain point from the consumer perspective is having a subscription that I can't pause, change the day, change the, you know, those kinds of things that like, if you're traveling for three months and they're like, sorry, nothing we can do. And you're like, okay, well, obviously I want to cancel because this sucks. Right. Exactly. So we've spent a lot of time building that. And honestly, there's still like a lot of work for us to do on that front. Like, but you can pause, you can push out the next month, you can change the date, you can change the plan. Probably you can change too many things. Like we've probably gone, you know, almost too far on, on giving customers options. Like I was on my account the other day, changing my plan, actually trying to pull it forward because believe it or not, I changed addresses and I ran out of contact lenses. And so I was trying to change my date, but then it was like, you know, do you want to change your plan? How often do you want them delivered on what date? And I was like, I don't know. Like, and so you need to offer like maximum flexibility, but also make it simple. Like don't give the customer work to sort of figure that out. But yeah, flexibility is key. And what I also love here is it's like, you know, go through and test all of your own stuff. Like go through and buy, go through and figure out like if you're enjoying the experience because it'll be the same for everyone else. Love that. (laughs) Go through the steps, go through the journey. And then there's a platform called Hotjar that allows you to, like it does screen recordings of how people are using the site. And so it's a little tedious, but you can go into Hotjar and like watch those recordings and actually get a sense for where are people fumbling on your site? Like where do they seem to be getting confused? Where are the pauses? And just try and address those. Wow, that's so interesting. Haven't heard of that before. Thanks. Love it. What do you think is your top piece of advice for entrepreneurs coming into 2022? What do we need to know? You know, entrepreneurship is a, is a wild ride. Like focus on the details. That's important. You know, I, I think a lot of people say like, don't sweat the small stuff. Actually, my sweat the small stuff, like the small stuff becomes big stuff. So that's my sort of first piece of advice. And I think also just, Something that I've had to do on it, and I guess this is why I'm, you know, why I'll, I'll give the advice, but something that I've really had to do is like take a bit of a breath around like stress and, you know, allowing entrepreneurship to be totally all consuming and, you know, to the point where it actually like affects your health. So I really think, especially coming into 22, like on the, back end of of COVID and so many sort of global changes, like make sure that you're taking care of, of yourself and just, you know, try and be pragmatic, I think, because being an entrepreneur can be quite emotional. Mm-hmm. Very true. Lots of ups, lots of downs <laughs> daily. Yeah, lots of ups, <laughs> lots of downs. But that's the road. So just Accept it and buckle up, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Accept it and buckle up. (laughs) Will do. Thank you. (laughs) 
At the end of every episode, I ask a series of six quick questions, some of which we might have covered, some of which we might not have, but I ask them all the same. Question number one is, what's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? My why is, like, I I really love putting something tangible out into the world. And with scale, we can really make a difference in people's lives through this partnership with Sight Savers. And nothing excites me more than that. Like, Waldo feels like a form of communication to me. Like, if we can have a... I remember, for instance, when we launched in Italy... And a customer sent through a photo of a box of Waldos on their like Fiat like dashboard. And for me, I was like, wow, like here's this person in Italy that I have no relationship with, but it feels like I have a micro relationship with them because they are using my product. And so Waldo feels like sort of a little bit of communication for me out into the world. And then the impact that we can have through sort of charity partnerships like Sightsavers makes me really excited. Yeah, I mean, totally. You're literally changing people's lives. That's crazy stuff. Impact-driven, mission-driven. I feel like having making sure that your business has that impact part to it so you can truly feel fulfillment in what you're doing and knowing that versus just doing it without that piece of the puzzle. I think so. Like, and I also think that the world is in a place where like companies that aren't doing that companies that aren't being thoughtful about the entire mission and the whole purpose for existing. Like, I just think that that's, that's changing. There's not really space for companies that aren't being broader in the way that they're thinking about impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Question number two. What has been the number one marketing moment that made the business pop? We haven't had one, honestly. Like it's been fairly like steady state. We haven't had like one viral moment or one, you know, one sort of something. But what I will say is we got a really good deal on outdoor advertising in the UK and we got those huge posters on the underground. And that really did an amazing job with traffic. And there is a hack around outdoor media because generally, you know, it's like super expensive. But if you get the artwork ready and build a relationship with those outdoor media companies and just say to them, look, if somebody's artwork isn't ready and they can't fill the space, I'll take like a last minute because then they really cut prices. Like if you can get your artwork ready for them by like Monday. And so that's one yeah, if we did have a marketing moment, it would be that. That's amazing. By like what percentage do they drop the fee from? A lot, like probably I'd say 30%. Wow, that's crazy. Great hack. If any of them are, are listening, they're probably like, ah, come <laughs> at me. But. Lol, it's been told, the secret's out. The secret has been spilled now. <laughs> Question number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? What are you reading or listening to or subscribing to that's good stuff? There's a lot of like great business books out there. And, you know, I, I spend a decent amount of time, um, you know, reading, reading business books. I have since 
added a mentor like to the mix and so I have a hour or two session with her on a weekly basis and she's like absolutely unbelievable so trying to find mentors that have been through similar journeys before and can sort of add another perspective on some of the things that you're going through is is really important so I'd say that's actually my focus right now more on like mentorship and coaching also doing a coaching sort of course Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. great thanks question number four is how do you win the day what are your am or pm rituals and habits that keep you feeling happy and successful and motivated so I'm sure everybody says this but meditation is an absolute game changer so I meditate Meditate about twice a day, so gen, generally before bed and then sometimes like a short meditation in the middle of the day, which really helps. And then another sort of tactic is, so I don't read email when I wake up. I actually look at my calendar, get a sense for like what the activities for the day are, and then what's actually pretty helpful is to come up with three words or three sort of attributes that I need to embody in order to be successful in that day. So whether it's, you know, today I'm going to be a great listener, empathetic and courageous, or depending on what's needed from you out of the day, like that's been quite a good way for me to like anchor around how I need to be and um, show up. Mm, I love that. I'm so bad at the moment with my phone in the mornings. I need to get back to starting my day with meditation. (laughs) I go through like ebbs and flows of being in like a really good rhythm and feeling it and then being in a terrible rhythm and not feeling it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Completely agree. I think one of the challenges with starting your day on social media or with email is that you're allowing like external content to dictate the mood that you start your day in and yeah it's just sucks (laughs) yeah it literally sucks (laughs) (laughs) question number five is if you were given a thousand dollars of no strings attached grant money where would you spend that in the business obviously it's not a lot of money but what's the most important spend of a dollar for you spend it acquiring customers any particular channel at the moment it would probably still be like direct response. If it was earlier, you know, probably I'd do 500 sort of test budget and then 500 after that test sort of knowing which ads and messaging resonates. Mm-hmm. Great. And last question, question number six, how do you deal with failure? What's your mindset and approach when things inevitably don't go to plan? Like pause, dust it off, like give it a bit of a moment, depending on how big the failure was like you know some sometimes it's big like if you get a big investor rejection for instance that you've been working on multiple meetings you know you're like semi invested in the relationship or whatever like that can that can hurt so take a moment like give it a bit of space and then brush it off what could we have done better and how do we fix it like don't create some room for it and then get out like don't like then get into solution mode I think something that I've tried to be quite conscious of is allowing 
too much, you know, whether it's failure or something that just didn't go according to plan or whatever, like carrying too many of those things with you, it just gets like burdensome. So give them the space to acknowledge them, but then resolve them and clear them off as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. I hear you. It's not personal. <laughs> yes. You have to really separate self from business and put that clear line down there. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Female Startup Club and share so many great tips, so many great (laughs) insights. I feel like this was a really tactical episode. I learned things that I did not know and I love that. Good. (laughs) So thank Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. So nice to meet you and thanks for having me on the show. I love it. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 